Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe, Georgia Dog Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Wilcox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel two. Snap to Young. Drops back. Pressure from the edges. He throws near sideline. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks the tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Georgia. Evening neighborhood. How about them dogs? 32-18. Let the celebration begin. All right, all right, all right. What is up? It's the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network, also coming to you on the video side here on Brinks.tv. I'm Corey Burton, and joining me. Well, it's just me tonight. I'm on a solo mission. Uh, Israel's on spring break. Been in a deer stand all day long. I hope he uh, look forward to uh, getting a recap next week when 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 he gets back to uh, to figure out how he did in his tree stand uh, tonight. And uh, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what's going on. But uh, happy spring break to Israel. Uh, any teacher deserves spring break at this moment. So we're we're in that home stretch where things are kind of getting. A little crazy if you're in the education field. So um, I wish I was in spring break. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. But um, our social media information is scrolling down below. Um, at Coach Corey Burton on Instagram is my new profession, more professional Instagram. Uh, if you want to see the family stuff and the cooking stuff, at Burton.Corey, uh, I, I guess, is, is, is the one you should go to. But um, got a lot to talk about. But we are brought to you by betonline.ag. It's uh, it's Masters time, it, and what better place than to go to Bet Online, which is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info and odds. So find all the latest sports developments, like uh, opening day for Major League Baseball. The Braves are playing right now. They're down three nothing to the Reds. They unveiled their championship banner. I'll get to that here in just a second, uh, including this week's odds for Masters Championship and to start with Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager. On popular sports and games, Bet Online. That's where the game starts. Okay, well, you see my rundown over here to the side. You see that we got some spring practice update updates. There was a, there was a spring scrimmage, uh, scrimmage number one. I'm sure there'll be another scrimmage here coming up soon. We're going to talk a little Georgia baseball, a little MLB. Uh, Tiger Woods. We'll, we'll we'll check in on him. See how he did over in Augusta. That's a very very important. Uh, subject for uh, for all these Georgia fans since 
the masters is like the Holy grail of golf. If you, if you're from the state of Georgia, so I will get into that here in a little bit, but spring practice, man, it's, uh, you know, coming off a national championship season, it, it's a very, very exciting times. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of storylines, you know, what, what's going to happen with the receivers, you know, the tight end room is kind of beat up. What, what, what's to make of that? Can Brock Bowers repeat his magical freshman season? Uh, what is the quarterback room going to look like, you know, losing all these guys on defense? What is that going to look like? How is the defensive front going to function without Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker and Jordan Davis and Devontae White and Trevon Walker? You know, how, how's the secondary going to fare with that, with that Darion Kendrick? I mean, lots of questions to be answered, but I, I think honestly, a lot of people are stepping up and, you know, you, you have, I, I don't know really where to start. I, I guess we can start for the, for the receivers. Um, you know, I, I think when you watch practice and when you look at it, if you had to pick two weak points, I, I weak is kind of like one of those operative words. I don't, wouldn't really call it a weak point, but if you had to point to a questionable position group, wide receiver, certainly one of them for Georgia, because in essence, they lack depth and they lose a big time playmaker and George Pickens, he's heading to the NFL. So how do you replace him? Well, Jermaine Burton was supposed to be the answer. He's now at Bama. So what do you do now? Well, you got Lad McConkey, you got A.D. Mitchell, who had really outstanding seasons for, for Georgia last year. Um, but what do you have outside of that? We know it, we know A.D. Mitchell is turning into a star. I mean, you saw it in that you saw it down the stretch of the season. He matured as the season went on. He had some drop issues early. Seemed to have fixed that, got into a groove, and really, really had a great connection with with Stetson Bennett. And I think that's kind of what led us to that point in the fourth quarter where he won he made that catch to essentially, for all practical purposes, win us the national championship over Alabama. That play uh where Stetson had just turned it over for a touchdown. And it just was was going downhill fast, and then they got it right back. It was a pretty ball, great catch, and a absolutely huge moment sealed in Georgia Bulldog history. We know what A.D. Mitchell is going to bring to the table. He's a playmaker. He's showing that. Lad McConkey, he's a great slot guy. Can can pull away. It's 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 a great situation to be in with those two. I I think you're going to be. You know, I think those two are going to be a factor, but who else is going to step up? Well, let's look at our injured guys. Kyrus Jackson, Dominic Blaylock, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. You know, I, I, they're all working hard. They've all had a pretty good spring as far as getting bounced back. I think Dominic Blaylock is starting to look like his old self. Kyrus Jackson is coming to form. They've had some good moments in scrimmages and team sessions. Uh, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, I, I think is starting to progress a little bit, although I, I don't know how rapid that progression is going, but he's having some good moments in spring camp to, to make you think uh, that, that you will be, uh, they'll be they'll be in okay shape. So I, I'm excited for this group. But two names that have really kind of stood out is Denala Morissette and C.J. Smith. I, I think those are two names that you should really pay attention to in this wide receiver room because they 
are coming on strong. They're both early enrollees. Denylon Morissette is early enrollee from Brookwood. Just coming in very, very strong, very fast out of the gate. And it's uh, it's a good thing to see. And I, I am uh, I'm excited to see the progress of it. I can't wait for these wide receivers to pop. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very hopeful there. So you look at the tight end room now, Brock Bowers, he's recovering. He had off season shoulder surgery. What, what, what is to make of this, of this room? Well, you have Darnell Washington who looks like an NBA center out there. He looks like, uh, he looks like the Duke version of Zion Williamson, but with his body style, looks like he should be playing in the NBA. Um, and you look at Oscar Delp. He's an early enrollee. What is he doing? He he's turning he's turning a few heads in camp. He's making some plays. I I think he's still got a little bit of time to to develop, but I, he's starting to make some plays and he's starting to kind of he's starting to kind of make a name for himself as well. He's starting to get noticed a little bit. Uh, Riley Good, what's he going to do? You know, what what are some of these other guys going to do? Uh, Eric Gilbert, I I, I think he's back and forth between tight end and he's going to be kind of a hybrid type weapon. What is he going to bring to the table? He's progressing very, very well. He's an intelligent, intelligent kid uh, and just kind of picking things up. And I, you know, I think he's finally in a good state of mind. So, you know, that's, that's another position to look out for, you know, they did really well in the scrimmage. It, the passing game looked really, really good in the, in the scrimmage. And I, I'm excited about that because all the quarterbacks look good. You know, obviously, uh, Gunnar Stockton had some freshman moments and, you know, some of the speed of the game type stuff that, you know, Brock Vandegrift went through, Carson Beck went through, Stetson Bennett has been through it as well. Stetson looked like a freaking, uh, he looked like a baller. He, he came out, this is the best football he's played uh, since he's been here. He is dialed in. He's got, I, I think it's because he knows he's the guy now. I think it's because he, has worked himself into a level of confidence that, Hey, I know I can get it done. I got it done. And I know what preparation led me to that point. And I'm going to go above and beyond that because that's what I got to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's kind of how he's wired. So again, Stetson Bennett is continuing to push the bar for the rest of the guys, but that's not the story. We know Stetson, if he was going to come back, he was going to be the guy and he was going to have to prove that he was going to be the guy. That's just kind of how Kirby does it. Who's next? Carson Beck. He's shown the most poise. He's shown the most leadership. Um, and, and none of that's a surprise because he's been there the longest. Brock Vandergriff has shown probably the most potential. So I, I think we're, I think where Brock Vandegrift has a higher ceiling, where Gunnar Stockton has a higher ceiling at this moment, they have a lower floor. So you have to ask yourself what's more important, higher ceiling, lower floor, or slightly less ceiling, but a much higher floor as a backup. I, you know, honestly, I think you're going to take the, the high floor. Because you know he can, you know Carson Beck could come in in a pinch, and and do some things to 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 help keep you above water. But if you need a playmaker, if you need somebody that's going to make some things happen, to me, Brock Vandegrift 
and Gunnar Stockton are very relatively the same. I think they're both five-star versions of Stetson Bennett, like physical talent, uh, you know, mental talent, I guess. Stetson is way above everybody else, which I mean, he should be because he played a full, he's played two full seasons. He's seen just about every, just about every situation that you could be in as a starter. He's faced all kinds of adversity, people doubting him in and out of the lineup goes from starter to third string, back to starter, back to third string, you know, just kind of being jumbled around. I mean, if, if you just look at his story, it's mind boggling. So What's going to happen with those with those quarterbacks? We shall see. G Day's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, I think, or in a week or so. Uh, so that should be interesting as well. I think it's the week after Easter. So again, be on the lookout for that. So uh, defensive line, who's going to fill in? You got three big shoes to fill. I mean, you lose your whole entire starting defensive line uh, with the idea that it's an odd front. Uh, who steps in? Well, the two names that have really, really jumped out, Zion Logue, Jalen Carter. They both described each other as unblockable. They are, they're setting the standard. They're, content, they're, they're continuing the trend of Trey Scott's linemen just being absolute animals. And that's what I'm here for. But the concern is the lack of experience. I think when you have guys like Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trevon Walker, I think scheme wise, you can do a lot more because those guys are a lot more advanced mentally uh, when it comes to the scheme, mentally when it comes to experience, that they can take a few more chances. They can do some more creative things scheme wise. I don't think early on that you're going to be able to do a, some of that stuff because, not because Jalen Carter and Zion Logan are lesser players. That's not what I'm saying at all. They're just as they're just as bit capable as those guys that are leaving for the NFL draft. Although I don't think I don't think you're ever going to find another Jordan Davis. That guy's a freak, and we'll talk more. I'm, I'm gonna my goal is to get Joe DeLeon on to uh, talk NFL draft. A lot of prospects to talk about, so we'll we'll see kind of where where that is. But uh, just you know, exciting times uh, with that with the defensive line. I think Trey Scott obviously earning his money. So uh, it's, it's going to center around Jalen Carter, Zion Logue. I think Zion Logue is going to play the nose. Carter's going to play one of the four techniques. And I, I'm not sure who's going to be in that other spot. That's going to be the question. Does bear Alexander come in and jump into one of those spots? Who knows? Um, but that that's, that's where we're at there. Um, you know, I, here's the question. Here's the question. It goes beyond personnel. It goes beyond, and I'll, I'll ask Israel this again next week, uh, but I'll kind of give my piece on it right now. The The question is, that, and you probably could ask this of any national champion. You know, you can ask Alabama this. You ask Clemson. You can ask USC when they were winning. You can ask you can ask Nick Saban when he was winning him at LSU. You can ask Urban Meyer when he was winning him at Florida. You know, so on and so forth. You just go down the list of national champions from from now and all the way back to the beginning of time, uh, you ask them, okay, you win a national championship. You come to spring. How do you raise the bar? How do you set the standard to avoid complacency? That is the question. You know, how do you get, I mean, cause it's, it's just human nature that when you win the highest prize in your sport to think that you've arrived, so as co- as a coaching staff, 
starting with Kirby Smart and working all the way down through the analyst and people in the building. What is the standard? What is that? How do you replicate that same type of energy? How do you replicate that same kind of environment? How do you avoid the complacency? That is the golden question. And we can, we, I can talk to a blue in the face about this person here, this person there, you know, Robert Beale filling in, filling in and getting some good reps. You know, who's going to fill in for William Poole? You know, how do you replace Nicobe Dean? It's not necessarily, you're not necessarily replacing him with somebody, but it's all about resetting the environment, resetting the scheme so that somebody can kind of fit the same way. Like teams that reload, they're not reloading necessarily with players. I mean, it helps when you have Dallas Turner to kind of carry the torch for for William Anderson. But don't think for one second that Nick Saban and Pete Golding aren't molding the scheme now to fit Dallas Turner so that he can be successful. Don't think that that's not part of the plan. Don't think it's going to be the same exact blueprint and expect whoever's filling in for N'Kobe Dean to play like N'Kobe Dean because it's not going to happen. You have to tailor your approach. So you're going to have, on paper, a weaker front seven just just by the nature of you're losing four first-rounders you know, and several draft picks. I mean, you're going to have three defensive linemen and two linebackers probably go in the first two rounds. You're going to have another linebacker go. So you're having six people on your, on your, in your front seven, one who would, one who didn't even start Channing Tyndall. That's probably going to get drafted, probably going to make a ball club. And how how do you replicate that? Well, you got to reset the standard. You have to find what works. You have to create an environment that Zion Lowe can, and Jalen Carter can feast in. You just have to do it. You have some good talent there. Like it's not like we're we're we got two stars back behind them. So to think we're going to take a huge dip is kind of naive or kind of a bad thought because you have the talent there, and, and we're going to look slightly different because we have new coordinators calling shots. So it's going to look it's going to look slightly different. It's going to look different to be tailored to this new core of linebackers. We're going to have some defensive backs competing. How are they going to look? Are we going to play a lot more man this year? Are we going to try to play some zone? Are, are we better at zone than we are at man? You know, what, what are we good at? Because Kirby Smart does a lot. Coach Smart does a lot. Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, they bring a lot to the table defensively. What are they going to do? You know, offensively, you, have, you no longer have Zeus and Cook. What does that mean for Todd Munkin? Well, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton probably will allow you to not have any drop-off whatsoever. Instead, so Bennett comes back. So not much is probably going to change offensively, but you add a piece to Eric and Eric Gilbert that gives you that 13 personnel package again with Darnell, Brock, and Eric Gilbert uh, with paired up with A.D. Mitchell. That's going to give you a hell of a personnel package. But it all goes back to what's being pushed down from the top. What's that standard? That's got to be the golden question. We'll see G-Day. We'll kind of see where this team is. 
Are they, are they read their own press clippings? Are they smelling themselves a little bit or can Kirby keep these guys hungry, which from what I'm hearing, they're hungry. So uh, what I'm hearing is these leaders are still stepping up. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not all that worried about it. So that's the, uh, that's the spring update. Very excited about that. Very excited about what I'm going to see this, this uh, upcoming season. So uh, that's, that's football. So let's, uh, let's, let's track on, let's, let's move on uh, from spring practice. Let's, 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 let's talk about some baseball. All right. Uh, Georgia baseball had a stinker two weeks ago against Kentucky, right? Everybody's sitting here going, Oh man, here we go. You know, this, here, this, this, this is where it's going to get bad. Then here comes the Gators. Well, it's the Gators, right? We've always had trouble with the Gators. We had the trouble, we have trouble with the Gators in a lot of sports, except football lately. What happens? Well, we get down, we come back, have a walk-off win on Thursday. We absolutely, we win six to one on Friday in a game that never was really that close. And then Saturday, I think it was like 14 to eight or something like that. It's 14 to five or something like that. But we, we complete the sweep, uh, lose a tough one to Clemson on, uh, I think it was Tuesday. Um, but we're playing some really good baseball. Finally, I think our pitching is starting to kind of come around. Uh, they, they had a much better uh, stretch of games. Our bats came alive in that Florida series. So, uh, but this weekend we welcome, we don't welcome, we actually travel to Columbia, South Carolina. We have a three game set starting tomorrow night and, or tonight if, um, as we record tomorrow night, but, uh, starting a three game set Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Georgia's 22 and seven South Carolina's 14 and 14, which is not where you expect South Carolina to be. They're having kind of an off year, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's one that I think if you can go on the road to a place like South Carolina, which I don't care if they're 14 and 14, this is the sec and South Carolina has proven that they can be good at baseball and baseball is a finicky sport. One weekend you're off one weekend you're not home field advantage is a real thing. Um, but it's not the biggest story coming into the baseball. Uh, Jonathan cannon was set to start, uh, for Friday, but he is, uh, he felt a twinge in his back in the back of his forearm, not his back, but in the back of his forearm, uh, he was throwing a He was throwing a bullpen session, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and felt some tingling. So, uh, they, they did some tests. They did some things. There's no structural damage according to the tests. Um, so as of right now, the prescription is a little bit of rest. So sits out this series, maybe sits out until next week and we'll kind of see where it is. And they're going to continue to, uh, they're going to continue to evaluate. So, um, but that's kind of like I say that we had pitching problems. I mean, we've had three guys, three weekend rotation starters that have missed starts uh, this season. So it's a concern. The injury bug is is, is starting to hurt us a little bit. Uh, you know, Dylan Ross went down to an elbow injury uh, earlier in the season. Uh, Liam Sullivan has not pitched in a month due to soreness in his left arm. 
anytime you get soreness in the arm, you know, the immediate thought is Tommy John, which I don't know if it's there, but, um, but he's going to return this weekend. He's going to start uh, on Sunday, but he's going to be on a tough pitch count. So the bullpen needs to be fresh. Uh, Garrett Brown will pitch Saturday. Nolan crisp will be replacing uh, cannon on, uh, on Friday. So um, disappointing starting rotation, but bullpen's going to have to step up. The bats are going to have to step up, which the bats have stepped up. So that's, that's good. But uh, I, I think, Looking, looking at South Carolina, this is not an easy series because it's on the road. We we said the same thing about Kentucky. Hey, Kentucky was on the verge, like of completely collapsing, and they didn't. So that's it. It, it is what it is. So Jonathan Cannon's out, uh, and he's going to miss Friday's start, unfortunately. But um, hopefully, the bombs away headline that I'm seeing um, <laughs> in the Florida series from five days ago. Um, maybe that'll happen as well. So go dogs. And I think that's going to be all on sec plus and maybe, uh, maybe uh sec network on Sunday again. So, um, in other news, I'm going to give you an update. Speaking of, uh, Braves, they're now down six to one. This is not, this is not a dream start here for the Braves. Uh, they hang the world series banner, not, a good start to the season. Uh, they're down six, one to the reds at home. It's the, it's the heading into the home half of the sixth, not a good look. They, like I said, they hung the world series banner at, at truest park, but just a night that the Braves have only gotten scattered three hits. They scored one run in the third, uh, just not a good start for, for a team that, got really hot towards the end of the season, but then again, it's opening day, but not really what you want to see. Uh, not really what you want to see. Max Freed has given up five earned. Uh, they, they chased him from the game. Uh, McHugh uh, has given up an earned run uh, already. And he's got his 27 uh, ERA right now, but that's kind of your Braves update right there. Uh, Rosario Olsen, Olsen 0 for 2 with a walk uh, in his Braves debut. Austin Riley, 2 for 2. So that's that's a plus. Uh, Azunia, Ozuna back in the lineup after his legal troubles. He's 0 for 2. Albies, 1 for 2. Uh, but you got a bunch of offers after that. So um, just, again, slow start for the Braves, but uh, they will they will be just fine. <laughs> they will be just fine. But if you want to watch that, it's, I think it's on ESPN. So um, I'll be sure to check out the home. Well, I was going to check that out, but they're down six to one. All right. That's baseball. Uh, and some other random news uh, before we get to the masters, we're going to get to the masters here in a minute. Tiger Woods is surprising a few folks, but, but uh quick basketball note. Uh, there is eight players. According to Anthony Dasher, UGASports.com, uh, there's eight players in the transfer portal, which not surprising. Um, I, I guess he's going in a cleaning house. Uh, Tyrone McMillan, Jackson Etter, Cario Quindo, Josh Taylor, uh, Cam McDowell, Tyrone Baker, Christian Wright, and Dalen Ridgenall have all entered the portal. Uh, they signed Justin. They signed Justin Hill. Um, and they have eight scholarships they can sign. Um, so 
I'm sure. Um, I'm sure they will hit the portal hard, but Braylon Bridges, Jamari Abdur Rahim, and Jalen Ingram have stayed. Have stayed. Ingram uh, is expected to get an extra year after tearing his ACL, so he's going to get that right there. Um, so again, it's kind of normal. I mean, it's like LSU lost their entire basketball roster to the to the transfer portal. When you get new coaches, people people tend to people tend to to do that. So. Um, Oh, Israel's hunting turkey. He was hunting turkey, not he was hunting turkey, not deer. Um, but yeah, that tends to happen. So again, not uh not overly concerned. So Masters, Tiger Woods. He's always the story. Man, does he look old too? He he's looking kind of old in the face, but he's been through a lot. But he he's he uh was very pleased. He shot a one under 71 in his return to the masters. He's got a long way to go, but he returned uh, with a one under after, after thinking he was never going to play golf again. Um, There was a, uh, there there was a shot on 14 um, that he had out of the pine straw that you thought he was going to have a little tiger magic and it kind of just, you know, whatever. But you, anytime you see him not in the fairway or not in grass, you're always kind of worried that he's going to slip. Um, I know I was, but again, I'm rooting for him and I never, you know, back in 2004, nobody was rooting for tiger woods because he was on top and everybody had that. Oh, well, he's winning. So I can't root for him. But he's great for golf. Whether you like to admit it or not, golf is not relevant if Tiger's not in the field. There's some great golfers, but nobody is carrying the weight that Tiger Woods is going to carry. Like people aren't tuning in to see Roy or McElroy. I'm sorry. People aren't tuning in to see Bryson DeChambeau. I'm sorry. Brooks Kepka, great golfer. No one's watching for for Brooks Kepka. The Masters might get viewers because it's the Masters. But is it going to get as much of a ratings boost without, with or without Tiger? Obviously with. So here's some numbers. Here's his opening round. Uh, he's had three consecutive opening rounds at the Masters that he shot under par, matching the longest streak of career there, 2009 to 2011. Uh, he had seven up and downs, tied for most scrambles in a single round in the Masters um, since, that be, since that began a stat in 2003. Uh, he had eight fairways. That's fairways and regulation. So that's basically hitting the fairway off the tee. Uh, he hit uh, nine greens, which is the fewest in a round under par at the Masters since 2003. So what what means is uh, if you hit the green, it, when, when they count greens hit, that means giving yourself op- birdie opportunities. So like if it's a par five, you get to the green in three, par four, par three, so on and so forth. So he hit nine greens in regulation. Uh, 11 times he shot under par in an opening round. Uh, 10 of, in the nine, or he is, hold up, 11 times Tiger shot under par in an opening round. He's finished inside the top 10 in nine of those previous 10 instances. He's had four or five wins out of that. Uh, he he only needed 27 putts, um, and he was 283 average distance off the tee, which 
for his age and what he's been through, the back surgeries, the knee surgeries, the almost losing his leg, that's extremely impressive. And just watching him is just awesome. But he's 46 years old. Um, so you never know. Like, just his mystique and all that stuff. So um, he's only three back. He's got a long way to go. Um, this is first competitive round of golf in about 509 days. This is this is all according to ESPN. So it, it's going to be interesting, right? He hit one of his, you know, he, he's making shots here and there. He's hanging around. He's hanging around. So um, here's some scores uh, from the Masters, um, from the Masters tournament. Uh, your leader is Sung Jai M at five under. Uh, Cameron Smith at four under, the Australian. Dustin Johnson, the 2020 pandemic champion, uh, tied with Danny Willett at, and Joaquin Newman. And Scotty Schaefer at minus three. Corey Connors, Patrick Cantlay, Jason Cronkrack, Webs are all at two under. Webb Simpson, Harold Varner, Will Zotoris, Matt Fitzpatrick, Henry Riggs, Kevin Nod, Daniel Berger, Tiger Woods, Tony Finau, all sitting at minus one. Uh, you got a whole host of people, including former champ Sergio Garcia at even par. Uh, Let's see. Hideki Matsuyama, last year's champion, is also sitting uh, at even par. Uh, had a great champion's dinner, uh, from what I heard. You have Russell Henley, the George Bulldog, Bubba Watson, Tom Hogue uh, at plus one, Rory McElroy at plus one, Patrick Reed, former champion, sitting at plus two, John Rahm, one of the favorites to win, him and Jordan Spieth, and Xander Shoffley are all sitting at plus two. Uh, and Mike Weir, former champion at, at plus two, Adam Scott, a former champion, Zach Johnson, former champion, all sitting at plus two, uh, and Brooks Kepka at plus three, Bryson DeChambeau at plus four. I don't think he's going to make the cut. Justin Thomas at plus four. I'm just giving you guys some notable names here. Uh, and Paul Casey withdrew, which that might be his last masters. VJ Singh up in this mix at plus six. That's that's a name I haven't heard in a while. So uh, those are some those are some notable notable scores uh, with with that. So uh, very very exciting very exciting times. Uh, it's it's Masters week, so we're going to uh, well, we're going to take a look at that. So, um, but uh, there, there's your Masters update. I, I'm excited for this tournament. I think it's going to be a great stretch run. I think you had a lot of guys right there bunched up in contention. So I think you're going to see, uh, I think you're going to see what Tiger Woods is made of. And I'm excited for it. I'm here for it for sure, for sure. So uh, the last thing I'll say about the masters, uh, there is six Georgia Bulldogs playing in the masters, or actually there's probably more than that now. Uh, but uh, oh, that's the best finish. You have Russell Henley, Kevin Kisner, Strep, Sepp Straka, Hudson Swafford, Bubba Watson, Harris English, all in the Masters um, from the University of Georgia. And for those that like to that like to have fun and say that that uh, 
and to say that uh, what's his name? Patrick Reed is a Georgia Bulldog. He he is not. He is not. He he actively roots against Georgia, actually. So, uh, but that's going to do it. Uh, that's going to do it for me here on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the solo mission. I haven't done one of these in quite some time. So uh, it, it's fun. It's fun to get in here and, and chop it up for, for a minute and shoot my opinions nonstop. Do it Colin Cowherd style, Dan Patrick style, Rich, uh, you know. But uh, if you like it, subscribe, comment, find us on YouTube, find us on social media. It's all scrolling down right below me. So just, just check us out. Uh, make sure you join the family because this thing is this thing's going to grow rapidly. We're going to start trying to get some guests. We're gonna we're gonna do some big things. You know, Israel and I, Israel's doing a tremendous job. I'm you know, we got good chemistry, so we're gonna we're gonna keep it on, keep on, keep it on. So we are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast presented by Bet Online and Brinks TV Brinks TV. We thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. And as always, go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.